it's that time of the week again. It's time for, well, it actually isn't Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is not specifically one. It is uh, February, tw- I'll get it yet, February 8th, 2020, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. Bart is here with a brand new little segment we're going to call Programming by Stealth Tidbit One of Why. That's an interesting idea, Bart. Yeah, it's sort of a, I mean, it's a, it's a teachable moment in this case about something we're doing in programming, programming by Stealth, but it's not really an episode of Programming by Stealth. It's just a little, oh, that's a fun little teachable moment. Also, a very fun <laughs> way to connect back to our community um, because the whole thing was triggered by a very observant listener who pointed out a bug in my sample solution, which then took a little bit of poking. And the act of poking was interesting and the fix was also interesting. So I figured, blog it. See, that's what I, I love about you is is uh, having somebody find a, a mistake in your code instead of being defiant and saying, no, it isn't. You thought, ooh, that's interesting, right? And as you dug into it, and now you're celebrating it by how did you solve it? So it, it, I think it's good to look at it that way because it helps all of us who are maybe making a few more mistakes at this stage in our programming learning. Oh, you'll to always understand make them. that that's a good thing, right? You'll, you'll always make mistakes. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You'll always make mistakes. And they'll always feel equally as silly because as your level of competence goes up, <laughs> it's the standard of your bug goes up too. Oh, okay. So right now I feel idiotic because I don't know anything. But when I know everything, I'll feel even more idiotic because I think I should know everything. Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You end up sort of, yeah. No, the, the level of face palm remains constant. <laughs> I need to plot this on a cur- two curves, right? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So tell us who our hero is that uh, brought this to our attention. So listener L Butler with most of the vowels removed on Twitter sent a screenshot showing my sample solution converting 10,000 or is it 100,000? There are many zeros there. We'll say 10,000, 100,000. 10,000. 10, Japanese yen to Canadian dollar to euro to British pound to New Zealand dollar and to US dollar. And they're all coming in as 100. That doesn't seem very plausible. Also not very plausible is converting 10,000 South Korean won to no Canadian dollars, no euros, no British pounds, 900 yen, and then no dollars, (laughs) either New Zealand or US. Also not particularly plausible. So there's obviously something going wrong. But if you replace the 10,000 with 10, everything's fine. And if you pick a different currency... Everything's fine. And if you look in the code for the bit where the conversion is being done, it's literally const conv amount equals base amount times rate with the star for times. So that is like that how is. How can you get that wrong? Right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, How do you get something so simple to manifest complex bugginess? Yeah. Bugginess with subtlety. That is that is that that is because it works for some currencies, but not for others, and it works. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So there's complexity to this apparently impossible bug. So the first thing that sort of caught my eye when digging into this is that it didn't affect all currencies, and the ones it did affect were the ones where the a single unit of said currency is not worth very much. It takes many many yen to make up a dollar or a euro. And it takes many, many won to make up a dollar or a euro. So that means that the exchange rates for these currencies are very, very small as, you know, decimal numbers. 
And it also, if you go to 10,000, then you're making the multiplier big. So the first thing that jumped to my mind is, well, what if it's a precision problem? Because computers represent floating point numbers in a way that is not perfectly precise. There is a smallest amount of detail they can capture. And, I, you know, I wasn't sure exactly how much detail JavaScript captures. It turns out JavaScript is 64-bit. I thought it was 32-bit. So 64-bit makes it a so-called double precision number, or a double in programming languages. So if we were writing in C, we'd say uh, double instead of just calling it a var. And that sort of means that this whole notion isn't really all that plausible. Um, But the reason it jumped to my mind is because when I was a physics student and we were doing homework, we would run into problems where a double in C couldn't hold enough detail for the math to be right. That's annoying. It is annoying. So then you have to use a long or something else. You basically, you need to start importing or using a, a third-party library to deal with bigger numbers. Um, so that was my first thought. But when I looked into the detail, like, you know, you can have 10,000 in 64 bits. That's that. It can, so do, it can so deal with that. So that's not the problem. But it was about precision. Just I was losing my precision somewhere else. And I was losing a lot of precision. Um, so when I described in my solution, I said that in order for the, the calculation to be done, I was storing the race into the item in the card so that I could pull it out with a data attribute and then do the math. Now, that data attribute was getting written in my mustache template, which means that what was going in there was whatever I was passing into the view when I was calling mustache. And that view was written from the point of view of make it look pretty, not from the point of view of making it mathematically accurate. So can you see what landmine I trod on? I'm, I'm kind of losing track a little bit of, of what you're saying here. I thought a data attribute was a can be a number. It can, absolutely. But I was writing something into that data attribute. What was I writing into it? I don't know. I was writing into it no. a number that I had previously prepared for the purpose of displaying to the user. Oh, so you didn't put the original number, the raw number, you put in something to look pretty. Yeah. The pretty number. I.e. rounded to two decimal places. Okay. So where did all my precision okay. go? I threw it away. <laughs> so you had it. I had it, but what actually got saved into the data attribute was the rounded version of the number, not the number. Okay. So when the currency gets small and you need more than two decimal places, it's gone, right? If there's two leading zeros, everything goes to zero. So you were calculating the rate before putting it into the uh, data attribute. Yeah, because it gets written into the data attribute inside a mustache template and... I was also using that mustache template originally just to print out the rate because before we made it so that you could calculate, we were just showing the rates. Right, right. So, right. Okay. You can see in the show notes the snippet from my template that just shows li class equals list dash group dash item currency rate, data dash currency, and then the mustache code data dash rate and the mustache rate. Okay, so where's Mm -hmm. rate coming from? Well, the JavaScript below shows creating that bit of the view. 
and it says rate colon numeral where my rate is stored dot format zero comma zero period zero zero. In other words, round to two decimal places. Hmm. So that's what okay. I was writing into the data attribute. So when I pulled it out of the data attribute to do my simple multiplication. Oh, okay. That's okay, what I was I multiplying. Okay. How long did it take you to find that? I, once, I, once I was onto precision, not long at all, because I basically immediately went, oh, sod, I know exactly how that happened. Because it's a problem I've run into before. Basically, losing precision is something, is one of those, I, you find new and interesting ways of doing it. But it, <laughs> but but it is something you, you just get to, better at causing it, and yeah. hiding it from yourself each time. Yes, exactly. I have I have done this to myself before, just not in this particular way. Okay, that's funny, right there. So the good news when you find that the problem is your fault is also that you have the power to fix it. Ah, yeah. So uh, you're happier than when it's like a bug in jQuery or something, right? Right, yeah, because that's way harder. Then you're going to have to like contribute a patch to an open source project and hope you get it right and that they don't hate you and get all cranky at you in the Git. Yeah, <laughs> much more difficult. So the solution is really quite simple. I updated my view so that it now has rate is the rounded one, just like before. And underneath that, I've added a new named attribute, raw rate, which is just the bloody number. Ah, uh, Okay. Okay, so that's when you do the math on first and then you go display it in rate. Yeah, and data attributed in raw rate. So I just updated the mustache so that where it says data dash rate, it now says mustache raw rate. Ta-da! Full decimal place is now stored. Math now works. Nice. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, so you got to back up to to what, even though what you did sounded perfectly logical at first description, right? Yeah. So something else came up when we were talking uh, last time um, that that also prompted L. Butler missing some of the vowels to uh, to write back to us was uh, I had sort of just noodled out loud. I wonder whether any currencies don't have two decimal places. I believe I put both of sort my of feet in and said, I'm, I'm pretty sure they all have two. Right. At which point L. Butler said, well, actually, and yeah. it happens to be the two that you're displaying, the Japanese yen and Korean won have zero. And so I started thinking, well, I wonder whether there's some that have a different number than zero mm-hmm. and two. And uh, the way I do my uh, my code is I, I pull the exchange rates and that gives me a list of country codes that I or currency codes that I know. Mm-hmm. And then I needed the names of the currencies. So I pulled the ISO 4217 that you told us about. I actually found it independently. So I was kind of proud of that and then went back and saw you did tell us about it. Uh, so I pulled that file and then I kind of merged my file, uh, the, the exchange rate and the ISO 4217 together. And that's how I get the names of the countries to go with the currency codes. Yeah. Well, I, I took a look in there to see if there was anything else fun in that file. And there's a uh, a little value in there that called minor unit equals quote. And it says zero or two. But there's also countries that say three, like Bahraini dinars, and some that say four. Wow. Uh, that one's Unidad de Fomento. And it showed, I verified that this was the right one because it shows one and yen is zero. 
And I looked uh-huh. up a couple of those countries to see, does, is it really a country with four? And I found the ISO 4217 change notice where they're like, okay, these guys now are going to use four digits. It's like, geez, wow. So I started taking a hack at the code. I've got so much other stuff I need to be doing, but this intrigued me. You know, mm. it was a fun little thing to noodle. Um, I'm doing it wrong right now because while yen and one have zero decimal places, whatever I've done also has zero for, for um, euro. And uh, so it's a little bit dicey. I'm I'm having some fun in there. I've done something else wrong. Probably a precision problem. I could well be. About. Or a rounding Yeah. Around. So I'm looking forward to solving that. And uh, I tried to get Bart to put this in his show notes, but he says I have to do my own post to uh, to show my incredible discovery. You do. So you've now <laughs> named your colors of the mass and you have no choice but to follow through. <sighs> I do so much writing. Okay, fine. I want to code. I don't want to write anymore. Now I just want to code. You got to code first, then you can write. All right. Well, that was fun. That was our first uh, PBS tidbit, one of why. It's a good thing we have all these letters of the alphabet to work with. I can come up with 24 more ideas. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we used <laughs> N for taming the terminal. 20, oh, I'm down to 23. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to keep going. Okay. Well, anyway, until next time, happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.